Are you looking for that next great read? Well, I've got you because I wrote it. Head on over to Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com and order yourself a copy of my book, I'd Rather Talk to Dead People, where I tell you the ins and the outs of my paranormal journey thus far. If you've watched the TV show Oddity Files on Amazon Prime or YouTube, this is the perfect companion piece to give you an inside look on what was going on inside my head during my most prominent investigations to date. Again, Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. Just search I'd Rather Talk to Dead People by Kitsy Duncan. Thank you. Oddity Files. All things creepy. Cryptic. Otherworldly. Um, okay, so here we are. I've got a story, I've got a, a news story, and I've got a listener, Local Legends. That I'm oh, mm-hmm. I'm excited that ha- that happened so quickly. Hey guys, you're listening to Oddity Files, the podcast. I'm Kitsy Duncan. And I'm Nick Floyd, and I think we're both collectively tired, it seems like. Yeah, pretty <laughs> yeah. much. <laughs> You I had really, a weekend. I did. It was it was a great weekend. Spent it in the Pittsburgh, well, Monroeville, mm-hmm. if you will. Got to see a lot of people I haven't seen in what feels like forever. Uh, but it was good, and I appreciate everyone. And y'all, my con voice is back. That gravelly voice mm-hmm. that you haven't heard in a year and a half, almost two years. It's back, people. Mm-hmm. It was uh, it was so nice to see the prom pictures return to social media in a big way. Um, some of them with people that I was very jealous and envious of and wish that I was sandwiched in between uh, you and the people. <laughs> to do that again at some point. I know, we've only done it one time or twice. Yeah. Which but one, Kevin Dillon... Kevin Dillon just smushed me in between the two. Johnny Drama, people. Mm -hmm. Johnny Drama. I was so excited to meet him. He was lovely. He was. Uh, For those of you that don't know what we're talking about, I've been doing a hashtag awkward prom series on Instagram for years and years and years. Um, People either know me from Paranormal or from, you know, the convention circuit or hashtag awkward prom. Mm-hmm. Do you, can you remember the first one that you ever took? Take us back. It was John Schneider from Dukes of Hazard. Get out of here. The, the first time I did it on purpose. My first prom photo <laughs> um, was Bruce Campbell. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And what a, what a great cool. start. Either one, what a great start. But that's... When so John Schneider would have been what? How many years ago? If you could just take a ballpark guess, how many years ago has it been? How, I'm gonna say five ish. Oh, okay. That's yeah. not that's not too long, but it's long yeah. with as many shows as you've done. Five years is like a hundred years. Fifty-seven. Yeah, yeah, in, in con years. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about the count, the celebrity count, and I feel like in five years you've probably taken. I mean, hundreds. 
Oh, God, I don't even want to count. Yeah. I have a stack of photos that I just need to throw away at some point that's like this big. Those mm-hmm. of you that are not on the Patreon, we're at about a good eight inches tall. Photos are real thin. That's all I'm saying. Oh, they absolutely um, are. Make a coffee table book and sell it on the Patreon. I know. People have told me to do a coffee table book for years, but I I, I don't know if I actually want that shit in print or not. <laughs> I mean, it's on the internet. What's the difference? I've been in several <laughs> of the WWE articles about worst photo ops ever with WWE superstars. Okay. Clearly, they're not in on the joke. They're not. They're not at all. Um, but... I this past weekend at Steel City Con, I got to meet Carl Weathers. Oh, what a beautiful human being! Yeah, just lovely, just absolutely lovely. And he was the one I was scared to ask about the awkward prom because he's just not that he's prim and proper, but one, I mean, he's a really big fucking deal to me. I mean, Rocky, are you kidding me? Everybody else is Happy Gilmore, but I'm Rocky, one million percent. And uh, so I, because he didn't really do silly poses. So I think it was Saturday after we were done with the photo ops. I looked at him and I go, how do you feel about doing a silly pose? He's like, he gave me that look, like that daddy look, like, what are you talking about, young lady? (laughs) And... um, so I pulled up my I pulled out my Kevin Dillon photo, or it might have been Tom Arnold, which he was lovely as well. Definitely yeah, um, was great. Yes, and he's like, okay, but I I couldn't bring myself to make the goofy face because I was just so excited about it. So ours was more of a not so awkward prom photo. Yep. But it Tom Arnold great, is amazing, and he followed me on Twitter. Oh, shoot. Yeah, what? Like, that was such a trifecta. I saw Tom, Tom Arnold's uh, post first, and then Carl Weathers, and then Kevin Dillon on your social media. And I was like, what a solid three as a return back after, you yeah. know, 16 I was months pre- of. I was pretty happy. Uh, it was probably great. And all the hugs and everything as well that I saw the photos of. It, it just seemed like an overall, just an overall good time, I think. It was. I got a Breckenmeyer one as well. That's right. Um, from the Clueless, rolling with my homies. I know he's been in a lot of other stuff, but that's who he'll be to me forever. But oh, it was yeah. a good time. It was, uh, there's a museum I want to get out to out there at some point that I saw on the Mysteries at the Museum, hosted by the ridiculously <laughs> handsome Don Wildman. There's an Andy Warhol Museum in Pittsburgh I want to check out at some point. It was just too <laughs> crazy that weekend. Who would have thunk? I think there are so many little museums that are all over the place. The best thing that I use when I travel, and they're not a sponsor of this podcast, nor I don't think they really sponsor anything, uh, Atlas Obscura is great Ooh. when we used to do all the traveling and stuff. Any city, especially European cities I go into, like New York is great. You go on Atlas Obscura, type in New York, look at the top 20 things, and they're just... Oh, neat. It's not touristy stuff. It's all... Um, a lot of it's self-submitted just from people who visit these places. And it's like a little hole-in-the-wall magic shop that's on the 16th floor of this building in the back or this like oddities store and things like that. It's it's just, it's the best thing. And I highly recommend as you're traveling more and more again on the road to just right before you leave, just type in 
Pittsburgh and then look or wherever you're going and look at the first 10 things and see if something tickles your fancy. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Speaking of oddities and that kind of thing, there was one vendor there that I never had the chance to make it back to. It was a crystal vendor. So, you know, of course, mm. I was, I've seen all the, the, geeky merch seen all the art all this that and the other but i was excited to see a crystal vendor but she had little alien shaped crystal skulls oh with like uh, different crystals as the you know little eyes i i really pissed i didn't get one granted they were like 300 dollars, and i oh, can't yeah. afford that but they were really cool and i and i like that they kind of were embracing not only the crystal life, but the weird life as well. That's uh, it's always so fascinating to me. Like if I could find a crystal store anywhere, that was like one of the the best parts of the conventions is like the one or two crystal vendors that existed and going over and looking what they had to offer. Yes. So very cool. I think when we were in Australia, I found a crystal shop while we were there and I'm like, I have to buy crystals from australia i'm sure they came from the exact same places that the ones from here come from as well i i am a big fan of the crystal shops i just thought the alien head was really cool and i thought all y'all would get a p- gig get a big kick out of it are the words that i'm trying to get out of my mouth so what's new with you mr floyd oh you know not a whole lot um I guess by the time this airs, airs, oh shoot, I'm the host by myself. Hello, I'm Nick. Welcome to Oddity Files, the podcast. Um, It's just me. I'm all alone. I'm scared. Uh, And I don't know what to do. The recording stopped, so it doesn't matter. I'm going to stop talking to myself because you're here again. There we go. See if I can... Do my goddamn job, Nick. For and fuck's sake, I only have one job. It's to get on the right Wi-Fi. And we're back. And we're back, people. For fuck's sake. Okay, so I had asked what was new with you, and then my internet kicked me out three or four times, and then um, we're back. So, Nick, what's new with you? <laughs> oh, not a whole lot. Nothing super new. I think... As far as like what's new, what will be new for everyone when this airs is that hopefully by the time this podcast comes out, everyone would have watched The Green Knight because it's coming to on demand uh, tomorrow. Saw that. So it'll be it'll be the high the high price rental that we we've talked about a couple times on this podcast where I'm like, just give me the movie for twenty five dollars and I'll buy it. Yeah, I'll spend the money. Give it to me for thirty and I'll spend the money. It's I'm good for it. That's the thing. If I want if I want to spend thirty dollars on a movie, I wanna own it. Yeah. I'll, I wanna get five days with it. I don't mind the, the premium price. It makes you second guess. Uh, well, it doesn't make you second guess. It makes you stop and think if you actually want to see it to see a movie. Yeah. Um which is great because there was a period of time with A list where it's like I didn't care about review. I would just go and go. And like if there's anything we learned in the past 16, 18 months, like time is valuable. You can't yes, be sir. going to the movies every, you know, three times a week to go sit for two hours and watch something. It's, yeah. uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't mind the premium price. I don't mind spending $25 or $30 or whatever. It just makes me really think, is this 
the movie that I want to spend this money on or am I going to wait a few months while I live without seeing it for two months or whatever yeah. 45 days or whatever it that is. was me and dr sleep i waited hey and you got a better version too because that director's cut is a better movie it's is long it? it is yeah i really enjoyed dr yeah. sleep i saw a meme with him <laughs> don't ask me what it said this week but it was it was spot on that's all i'm saying <laughs> those meme people those meme generators are the shit I probably will not watch The Green Knight because I'm a cheapskate and I've never paid the $30 rental for a movie. I'll just give you my iTunes login, but it's going to be, it'll it'll be for rent. So I'm not going to spend $20 to rent something I've already seen in theaters for 10. I'm not going to do that again, Uh, but Mm -hmm. I will buy it if it's offered. Yeah. But uh, Nick is highly recommending everybody who's listening to, to rent it though. Yeah, no, please, everyone, if you haven't seen it, this is the a safe, uh, it's at, you're at home, in, in the comfort of your own home, with you and your roommates or your family or yourself, whatever your living situation is, it's a safe place to watch a wild movie, and for all the, the people who listen to the podcast, it's right up your alley, it's the perfect amount of weird, and it's, I don't know, it's, it's lots of fun for fantasy stuff, um, on the opposite side of that, since I just remembered that we haven't talked since last Tuesday, <laughs> on the opposite end of the weird spectrum, I watched, I binged all of, which I don't normally binge, but I binged all the new Netflix show, Brand New Cherry Flavor, this weekend. Okay. And it was, it, it could have been better, whatever, sure. It was one of the grossest things I think I've watched in a long time. Is it? Is it horror? Yeah. Oh, it's super embedded in in like weird surreal trippy horror oh very cool uh, like lots throwback or it's so it all takes place in the 90s so there's like early to late 90s a lot of horror vibes to it but it's all about like witchcraft very witchy as she grabs her pen uh, cherry yeah. flavor a brand new cherry flavor is the name uh katherine keener plays the like the head the main witch in la she's like in los angeles in the 90s and she's this witch who uh, it's the queen supreme oh she is the <laughs> the absolute queen supreme but it's disgusting. I I normally have a strong stomach when watching stuff because I know things are you know fake. But this ha- there were three scenes in particular throughout the eight episodes that made me a little nauseous. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so everybody watch so we can talk about it some more. I, I'm a. Is it? Does it seem like it's organic special effects or like it's oh yeah generated? No, everything. Oh, I love organic special effects. God. Yeah, everything is very, all the effects are very, they're very real, they're very practical. It's like a perfect blend of the two. But I mean, there's everything from zombies, there's witchcraft, there's blood magic, sex magic, vomiting up cats. Uh, There's just everything. So KJ will be down is what you're saying. (laughs) It's, uh... That sounds good. It's, there's nothing else like it. And it's far more interesting than most of the things that are available right now to watch. Um, unfortunately, I don't think a lot of people are watching it because the name is not great. It's just not really getting a lot of people talking about it, but it will because it's okay. so bizarre and so disgusting. <laughs> so let's keep talking about it, people. Let's let this thing get that word of mouth vibe going on. I'm yeah. super stoked. I um, last night binged a few episodes of Evil 
because Paramount Plus oh. app is my new jam right now. <laughs> I love that you're like all for the underdogs. Your Discovery Plus, your Paramount yep. Plus. Yep, absolutely. And uh, well, I'm a huge NCIS. Chris and I will binge NCIS and Bones all the time. So that's why we got it in the first place. But Evil is uh, season two is out. I think it's dropping every week. I'm not 100% sure. I think I got three episodes in. But I love this take on the paranormal. I think it's it's amazing. You know, it's got a lot of religion vibes in it, which usually I'm like, no, hell no, stay away. Those of you that are not on the Patreon, I'm making a cross with my fingers, which is just ironic if you think about it. Um, but that's why I stopped watching Supernatural, because it got too God and demons and too much religion shit that bleh. but it's I, I know I talked about it last year but it's um, so it's these three people that are sent by the Catholic Church to find out if people are really possessed or if there really is a miracle that's happening and things like that and it's a psychologist um, somebody who's studying to be a priest which is Mike Coulter who is God, I love that man. He's wonderful. And a paranormal investigator who's a skeptic. So it's it's a really neat take. Um, I think season one is actually on Netflix. That's where I had watched that at for the first time. But actually, spoiler alert, my story has something to do with one of the episodes in season two. It's not like my normal kind of story, but I'll explain it when I get to it. Ah, is it is it like a monster of the week kind of format mm -hmm. or is there so it's very like x files -y where it's connected but every week is sort of a new investigation yes. or oh, yes. i didn't realize how much i missed that until i i've been playing catch up on wellington paranormal on hbo max and i didn't realize how sad i was that we don't really have a lot of kind of monster of the week type tv shows anymore oh um, yeah well supernatural after season three i think it was it was it, it was all gone but that's what i loved about it yeah i've never watched the x-files i'm so sorry to all of you that are listening i'm finally admitting it i need to watch it but that's the same vibe supernatural was for like the first couple seasons it was always something new yeah i i have also never watched the x-files all the way through in fact during quarantine i tried to i guess we're still some in some form of quarantine but uh <laughs> back at the height of it last year i i decided to start watching x-files and i get i have a problem with getting overwhelmed and there's just too much to watch there's a lot of time yeah what it's is there just, like 25 seasons i don't know it's but they're like old school seasons where they're like 30 episodes exactly it's not like a 10 episode run or whatever it's it's a lot and and with all the shows that we get i mean we don't know what show is going to come in three weeks that's going to be great we just don't know like mm -hmm. with television or what's going to hook you what's not going to hook you so i was so overwhelmed to come over the thought of committing to something for you know 50 60 hours of something at least at it's, least it's just it's just too much it's just yeah. too much but uh but I, I need to check out evil because i am such a sucker for 
just one just give me one story it's such so it makes life so much better to just disconnect oh, and yeah. focus on one structured narrative for 30 minutes 30 to 60 yeah. minutes and then wrap it up go to bed wake up start the day could not agree more um however i did before i i started watching evil try to watch tell me a story which is also on paramount plus Mm-hmm. said it was supposed to be kind of based on fairy tales, which I loved once upon a time. Not going to lie. Did I finish it? No, not at all. But I loved what I watched. It's not at all. It's terrible. Don't watch it. It's boring. There you go. If you're on Paramount Plus, watch Evil instead. So, yeah, definitely don't watch that. Did you see the new Funko Pop that um, is now on pre-sale? It's a Books a Million exclusive. It's a goddamn planchette, people. It is the cutest thing what? ever. Oh, yeah. For Halloween, oh, yeah. probably. Yeah, I'm assuming it is. But he's got the little happy smile. I love it so much. How cool. I love it. I mean, give me give me all that stuff. I know they've done a ton of Bigfoot uh, Funkos. Have they ever done a, like, a Loch Ness monster, like a werewolf Funko? Not that I'm aware of. I never got my hands on any of the Big Feet's one. Yeah, I know. I think they did like four variants of that, and they did like a Cthulhu one. Um, but I, I have w- seen that one. I would love a full cryptid line, like a Mothman and a Loch Ness Monster, and just give me all Why of those. Why does it not exist? That's what I want. I think... Unacceptable. Uh, maybe they did. I don't know. I don't It's hard to keep up. They They make so many, it's hard to keep up with all of them. Yes, 1 million percent. Okay, let me give quick shout outs to all the stuff and all the things going on with Paranormal Crossroad. Um, September 4th, O'Reilly's Irish Pub in downtown Indy. We are having a viewing party of Evan's second episode. Um, It is a second airing of it, but we're going to party with hiatus tequila, and I'm super stoked about it. It starts at 8 p.m., O'Reilly's Irish Pub in downtown Indy. And then when this airs, season one, episode four, premieres on WNDY or tinyurl.com slash PXR on TV. There we go. That's all the stuff and all the things. Last week, no, the week before last, we didn't have uh, an astrology report with Jess, the girl is losing her mind. She's living the dream, but she's got a lot going on. <laughs> Kids that are in and out of school because they keep closing the school, then they reopening the school. Cannot even imagine having small children at this point in the world. However, just in case she sends us an, an astrology report this <laughs> week, Jess, hit it! Hey there, oddballs. It's Jess from Misfortune on Moody here with your weekly energy forecast. On Sunday the 29th, the Virgo sun squares the nodes of the moon, which are at six degrees of Gemini and Sagittarius. The nodes are winding down their trip through the axis of learning, where they've been since the middle of last year. They still have a ways to go, but this is the last time that the sun will challenge them before they move on to the axis of survival in January of 2022. The nodes speak to the collective karmic path, Since May of 2020, humanity has been on a mission to move away from the more dogmatic, exaggerated, and played-out belief systems of the past in favor of a more hands-on, curious, and varied way of information gathering. Basically, if you're still listening to anything coming through mainstream media, you've missed the boat on this energy completely. 
But don't worry, you have four more months to catch up to the rest of us. A square to the nodes indicates a skipped step along the karmic path. A square from the sun in Virgo will highlight a precise detail that you've overlooked and that will ultimately lead you to the proverbial promised land. This won't apply with equal force to everyone, but if you have anything on or near six degrees of these signs or of Pisces, make sure you're paying attention and that you're prepared to move wherever the tide takes you. On Monday the 30th, Mercury moves into Libra, where he'll be until November 5th. November, you ask? Well, that seems like an awfully long time. Yes, yes it does, and that's because, you guessed it, Mercury will retrograde while he's here. Womp womp. Let's not go there yet, because it's still a few weeks away. For now, just know that Mercury in Libra is about fair-mindedness and balanced communication. If there's a situation in your life that calls for diplomacy, now's the time to get out there and attempt to compromise. Negotiations of all forms are favored now, with the caveat that anything that isn't settled by September 6th will have to wait until early November. September 6th is when Mercury enters the pre-retrograde shadow and all bets are off. Don't worry, I'll go over the rules of the road next week. Like I said, for now, you have the wind at your back in situations that require cooperation and collaboration, so get to it. And finally, on Thursday the 2nd, Mars opposes Neptune retrograde, 22 degrees Virgo to Pisces. This aspect takes the wind right out of our sails, as Neptune has a rather deleterious effect on the drives, motivation, and assertiveness that Mars usually brings for us. Thursday is not the day to try and forge ahead on anything. You'll bump up against fierce opposition, your efforts will be totally wasted, and disappointment is not just likely, it's all but assured. Even if you manage to make some progress, the object of your desire will ultimately slip right through your hands with this energy in play. What you want is simply not realistic right now, so in the words of T-Boss Left Eye and Chili, don't go chasing waterfalls, please stick to the rivers and lakes that you're used to. Save those pipe dreams for another day. If you're interested in what the stars have to say for you, please check out my website at misfortuneonmoody.com. I offer many types of astrology and astro tarot readings, and I'm now conducting sound healing sessions for those of you in the Boston area. You can also help support my small business by checking out my shop, where I sell handmade crystal jewelry, candles, and lots of other cool merch. For horoscopes, flash sales, and an intimate look at what a shit show my life is, come find me on social media at misfortune1111. Ciao for now. Awesome, Jess. You are magical. Okay. So, paranormal in the news. Nick, you're going to love this one. I need to pull open my phone because there's pictures. I don't know if this was in the group or not. I should know, but I don't. So, this is said photo. Oh. Okay, don't give it away yet. Oh, wow. Well, you can because it's in the the subject, not subject line. It would actually be the headline from thesun.co.uk. This big, no, is this Bigfoot over eerie? Mum's eerie image captures Bigfoot-like creature skulking through the trees in the forest, haunted by a plane crash. Or is it just a few trees? I'll put this photo in the Instagram stories for you all under this episode. A shocked mom who was walking her dogs in a forest claimed to be haunted by a fatal plane crash snapped a photo of a hard quotes creature 
her pets spotted, which some are claiming is Bigfoot. She was on a walk in County Antrim, Northern Ireland, when her dog... Have there been many Bigfoot sightings in Ireland? I don't... You don't hear a ton of that. I'm caught up on the plane crash situation. What's going on with that? It gets... The story gets into it, so we'll get there as well. Um, That's what the, the forest was really, really known for, was the haunting of the plane crash. So, during the walk... She snapped a photo, which she then inspected after getting home. She believes the image appears to show an unknown creature. The area she was walking in, Slyvernoria, sure, (laughs) has been said to be haunted since October 1942 when a U.S. Air Force B-17 Flying Fortress bomber crashed into a mountain there. Eight of ten people on board the plane died. Maxine said, I haven't got a clue what it is, but when I saw it, it really freaked me out. It's not like anything I've ever seen before. Words are really fucking hard today. Um, The dogs are normally full of energy and never stop running, but when we went through that part of the forest, they just stopped still and stared in the same direction. That would totally freak me out. Wow. It was as if they knew something was there. I couldn't see anything at the time, but when I got home and showed people the pictures, it was spooky. Quote, people were pointing pointing out its face and saying it was Bigfoot. I've always been pretty open-minded about the paranormal. I don't disbelieve. And this has really reinforced my view that there could be something out there. And... When you zoom in, it really does look like the body of a beast, along with all other history and rumors about the place. It really makes you think. Maxine, a mother of one, also discovered a mysterious wooden cross just planted in the forest. She said it has the date 310376 inscribed on it. For those Americans, it would be 033176. The mom regularly walks her German shepherd Roxy and a miniature schnauzer Charlie around the forest, which is seven miles from her home. She said, I honestly didn't realize what was there at the time. I take a lot of pictures when I'm out with the dogs, and this time I I am glad that I did. I couldn't see what the dogs were looking at. I kept thinking, is somebody coming? Am I safe out here on my own? I put it out of my mind and really didn't think about it anymore. But it was only when I sat down and had a proper look at it that I thought it was a bit freaky. It's quite a remote area, and it's got some history with old Irish clans, too. There's a memorial to the air crash, and I found a wooden cross with a date engraved on it. It all adds up to some odd things going on. I've never seen a shape like that one in the picture. So there you have it, kids. Big feats in Ireland. That I, I need to get a proper non-over zoom on your phone, look at the image, but it looks pretty legit. And one thing that I will say that is something that we don't really talk about often because we're not really warranted to, but those uh, who truly believe in the Sasquatch and the Bigfoot, there is a spiritual connection. So... The fact that this place is known for 
this crash that happened, these spirits that are, are maybe trying to pass on, and the fact that Bigfoot just happens to to be spotted there, there could be a connection, and it makes total sense from yes. that perspective. Oh, I totally agree. Especially uh, with, you know, alleged stories that Bigfoot feet come through portals and things like that. Or maybe it's a ghost of a big feet. Nobody knows. Yeah, I mean, it, it could... text you those photos. It could be... I mean, that's a really cool looking Bigfoot if it is. It, it looks like it could just be a misshapen log. Yes, it does. With some snow on it. Yeah, with some snow, a little bit of moss, which is fine. But it's really fun to think about the idea that Bigfoot is slash could be a spirit guide, sort of guiding spirits from from one realm to the next. Look at you! Oh, that's the that's whole amazing. That's that's one that's one of the lesser no lesser talked about uh, Bigfoot theory is that. That is what the sole purpose of the Bigfoot is, which is what the Native American people uh, did believe. That's sort of their history of the Sasquatch. Oh, I love it. If you zoom in really, really big on the face, I mean, it it literally almost looks like an ape face. I'm not going to lie. With like a green beard. It's like biker Bigfoot. Oh. That's that's like a badass looking Bigfoot with like the Mm -hmm. green moss in the beard, which is what I would imagine. I mean, I think one of my problems with uh, with these photos of these of these creatures in the past, even some of the most famous is I've always had a hard time with the hair, because if this is some sort of uh, like humanoid creature missing link, a missing link, I feel like the hair wouldn't just stop growing. I I feel like it would be real you know, Ryan Hursty, you know? Yes, there, that's what this Bigfoot looks like. <laughs> the Ryan, Ryan Hurst of Bigfoot. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, I started playing last week's podcast. I can play it because it's not copywritten. Um, I was just trying to figure out who went first. So, it's Nick. <laughs> I like that it takes a certain type of math, um, you always got to gotta add out. that yeah, add the, carry the one. one. Yeah, exactly. Carry the one. Uh, okay, well, then I guess I'll tell a story then. Yay, I'm so excited. Please tell me a story. <laughs> so since my last one in this current state went well, I figured I'd revisit the state again for another bizarre legend that's mildly depressing. We're going to go back down oh. to the state of Alabama. Bama! <laughs> So that way you could just scream Bama throughout the whole story again. <laughs> Bama! I, I, I did start calling Venus the Indiana White thing. There you go. <laughs> See? You're, you're keeping the legend alive because mm-hmm. God knows that the people of Alabama are probably not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, you listened to this from Alabama. Oh my God, please. <coughs> Don't die. Okay, I hope not. Stay okay. with me. Okay. All right, adjoining. So this comes with. A, this is actually another article that comes from alalabama.com, uh, nice. which is where the Alabama White Thing story came from as well. They've turned out to be quite the source. I, yes, they have. Lots of good tips. Uh, adjoining Huntsville's historic Maple Hill Cemetery is a playground that looks much 
like any other, featuring a modern swing set and climbing apparatus. But this playground isn't like others. Passerby often say they can see the swings moving on their own volition, as well as orbs or spectral figures. Oh my! Mm, the playground, That's my kind of playground. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> Bring your, drop your kids off. They'll be entertained for days. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the playground is surrounded on three sides by the limestone that formed many caves in the area, giving it a shadowed appearance—appearance appearance that lends itself to spooky legends. The proximity to the historic cemetery doesn't hurt either. Local teens call it the Dead Children's Playground. Nick, I did this story not that long ago. No, you, no way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's what? I did. How long ago? <laughs> like not even three months, I don't think. Jesus Christ, I knew this was going to happen one day. I figured it'd be a story that <laughs> I hadn't told with you on it. Let me see, I if I was a podcast. Um, I usually do, I do my Google search. Dead Children's Park, um, May 5th, 2021. Was it Alabama? I, I should probably, it's... We, we do talk a lot sim- about dead children, ghosts of dead children on the podcast. We do. Maple Hill Park? Uh, Maple Hill Cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. You know what? Tell your version, Nick. Just do it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's been a week. I'm just going mean, to tap this dance. This is literally the week I've had. <laughs> oh, same. I'm sitting here like... I have a whole running sheet of like local lore and legends that are just there. But I guess this one was called something else because if you do one, I cross it off the list if that's something that I've wanted to do. <laughs> and this one was called something different than what you talked about. I swear to God, I think it just said Maple Hill Cemetery and you said Maple Hill Park and I didn't cross it off my fucking list because of it. <laughs> this the, I called the story Dead Children's Park, a.k.a. Maple Hill Park. Well, So, Dead I, Children's Playground. I, Sorry, that was the name of the story. But I bet you've got something on there that I didn't. I went on a Civil War kick for a hot minute and serial uh, killers. I mean, we talk about the Spanish flu. It's <laughs> probably very similar. <laughs> Why don't you just tell me a story and I'll find <laughs> one in the process. Yes, let's do that. I'm leaving all of this in because I per- per- personally think it. it's magical. And that now I know you don't listen to me when I tell a story. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I swear to God, I will. S- <laughs> I will send my... My poorly made spreadsheet. So you could I believe you. I just, I had to pull that card. You know me. Okay. Cemetery Park, st- what's the difference? <laughs> I know. Okay, so over the years I've done stories on all the things ghostly. I've touched on some religions and their thoughts on the spirit world. But as I was watching season two of Evil... I realized there's one I've never touched on, and my craving to know all about all things supernatural, I jumped down the rabbit hole 
of the gin. Are you familiar with the gin? Oh, I'm familiar with both gins. I'm familiar with the D-J-I-N-N gin and Mm -hmm. also the G-I-N gin. And I like to drink one while I talk about another. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I will say up front, I don't know squat about the Muslim religion. So my knowledge is completely Google-based at this point. And my apologies if something I found is complete crap. You know, you can always tweet at a bitch if you know more than I, at Kitsy Duncan. (laughs) But what I did find... uh, (laughs) This is what happens when I actually write the story. What What could that word be? Intrigued. But what I did find... It's intuited is what is there. But what I did find intrigued me enough to do a story on the gin. And that story goes a little something like this. Neither inherently good or bad, gin are amorphous, A-M-O-P-H-O-U-S, entities, able to take the shape of humans and animals alike. From their literary beginnings to their representation in modern modern culture, jinn have had a significant foothold throughout history. Although these spirits are neither inherently good nor bad, some alleged sightings over the years have been nothing short of terrifying. While jinn are mentioned in the Quran and are thus part of Islam, these spirits are not worshipped in the faith thought to transcend the boundaries of the physical world, they are said to be made of smokeless fire, which I thought was really freaking fancy. I mm-hmm. want people to call me smokeless fire from here on out. You can change your name legally at any time. Uh, 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 <laughs> might happen. Um, the jinn are considered dual dimensional, but it is generally agreed among believers that jinn can interact in their own realm as well as on our realm. Realm. As such, they can fall in love and even have sexual encounters with human beings. Say what? Um, Jinn operate in a somewhat grayer area than demons from Christianity as they vary between good and evil and behave more comparably to actual humans. Jinn are indigenous spirits of the Middle East and North Africa. They preceded Judaism, Christianity, and Islam in the area, but have since traveled the world with Islam and are now found far from their original home. In Neil Gaiman's novel, American Gods, a jinn is envisioned driving a taxi in New York City, and there's no reason to think this is far-fetched at all. Jinn constitute a vast community of spirits, They come in all shapes and sizes and vary in power and temperament. Jinn have higher... For fucks. H-I-E-R-A-R-C-H-I-C-A-L. Hierarchical? Hierarchical? Yeah, that's that's the word. Sure. Societies that parallel (laughs) those to humans. The name jinn derives from an old Arabic, no, it derives from old Arabic, not an old Arabic, (laughs) and means covert or darkness. 
Most jinn are secretive covert spirits who are invisible most of the time. Many are ambivalent toward people. They are nocturnal, preferring to sleep during the day. There's a lot of info on jinn. And they haunt, like to haunt ruins, cemeteries, and crossroads. Dun, dun, dun! Jinn like liminal spaces. They have a tendency to take up residence at the threshold of homes. It's crucial not to step on the threshold, but over it. And also never throw anything on the ground without giving warning, especially liquids or waste products. I mean, who's throwing all that shit in their threshold? I'm just saying. <laughs> Jinn who are rudely awakened tend to reflexively strike out. They cause illness, sudden stroke, and or paralysis that will resist medical treatment, responding only to magical and shamanic cures. Some jinn are skill shape, skilled shapeshifters and may appear in any form. Some jinn are consistently benevolent and are venerated and loved. Some jinn are consistently temperamental, treacherous, hostile, and malevolent. The very embodiment of evil spirits, which everybody thinks is the only spirits over here in the U.S. People may propitate what? Propitate them, <laughs> but the motivation is fear. Jinn are spiritual dev devotees too, for fuck's sake, Kitsy. There are pagan, Jewish, Christian, and Islamic jinn. Each is allegedly most likely to help humans who share their religious persuasion. Although the most generous jinn are kind to all and the most malevolent are equal opportunity offenders. Jinn love and crave the heat. That's why they live in the desert, by hot springs, and in bathhouses. They despise the cold and jinn in colder climates tend to be grouchy. Well, there you go. Sounds like a lot of people I know. <laughs> Sounds like no a wonder. poltergeist. Jin, Jin have always, until I saw, it's, there's been a couple movies, uh, and I saw one movie, and until I saw it, I had a better perception of what a Jin is, because for the longest time, I had always sort of thought they resembled a poltergeist, except minus that they were a smoky figure that they had mm -hmm. some sort of essence to them that poltergeists do not oh okay um oh grouchy that's why i've never run into the gin because i prefer cold weather there you go that's it always that's the key. using my noggin that's the key. <laughs> so from my understanding they are more like what christians call demons or people think ghosts are in the u.s um, however, some Muslims believe that the jinn will take on the look of the dead as opposed to the dead being actual spirits. So some Muslims believe that if you see the spirit of one of your loved ones, it's actually the jinn taking on that form. That's not all of them, just some of them. It's, it's all over the board from what the Google told me. There's even a Turkish movie franchise called 
DAB or DABE, D-A-B-B-E, which I would think is similar to our Conjuring franchise here in the U.S. One of the six movies in the franchise is uh, that is available is DABE, The Possession. And that's why I'm here, folks. In the episode of Evil I Watched, the little girl was possessed by both a djinn, who was absolutely terrifying, portrayed on Evil. Uh, he was t- a tall, lanky man who had, like, fire as a head and no eyes but had a mouth. It was super creepy. Ugh. It's a big nope from me. <laughs> and in this show, the djinn wasn't really possessing the little girl but haunting her and causing havoc every time she was upset. But this particular djinn was able to leave with and haunt whomever he chose. And then once the djinn was gone, she was possessed by a demon as well. Talk about one tragic, fucked up childhood right there for that kiddo. Mm-hmm. Um, while tales of djinn possession litter the entire internet, there's no one story that goes into great detail. That's what this story was going to be about. I was going to find one story about a djinn possession and go with that. But then I was intrigued with the story of the djinn as a whole. And just like here in the US, there's a heavy debate on jinn being demonic of sorts and asking humans to reject religion. There are all kinds of stories from the science side of things saying it's some sort of mental illness. I actually found more stories on this than the terrifying kind where it was actually psychologists and, and, and things were able to give them uh, the pharmaceuticals and it, things would just kind of level out, which is a big thing with me in possession. I think nine times out of 10, it is actually mental illness that goes untreated. But I'm ridiculously happy I did look into this particular supernatural occurrence because literally from my research into hauntings or just spirits in general, the djinn are more what I view spirits or ghosts to be intelligent spiritual entities different than both angels and the devil Um, they oscillate between good and evil making them all the more relatable they have free will they have feelings they can help us they can hurt us jinn have a code of honor even the most malevolent jinn will honor a promise or a vow they communicate with the living And many Muslims are okay with having a house full of jinn, as long as it's not that malevolent kind. There are a couple things that are different. It's said that jinn or jinni, I struggled with the plural. It said that they can actually be killed and that there's that whole sex thing. So, I mean, that's, it's not like spirits. I'm having sex with spirits all the time nor do I want to, and I don't even know why I said that out loud. (laughs) And it said that some have superpowers, you know, like the genie from Aladdin granting wishes that was based on an actual djinn story, which is super cool if you ask me. So I'm going to leave you with one U.S. soldier's experience with the djinn in Jordan. David Morehouse, a retired remote viewer, in parentheses it says clairvoyant, for the U.S. military, relates in his book Psychic Warrior how he had temporary visions of the djinn due to a head injury, which 
head injury, seeing things. Okay, anyway, um, he was among American troops camped with Jordanian troops for a training exercise at Batan al Ghul, which that means the belly of the beast, which I thought was cool. The Jordanians considered it a haunted valley where the demons came out at night to murder people. Not going. Sounds terrifying. <laughs> Hard pass. Yeah. It was not unusual to have one's sleep interrupted by the screams and howls of frightened Jordanian soldiers who swore in the light of day that they had seen a demon. Batan el Ghul was a desolate and jagged valley carved out of the desert that spilled over from Saudi Arabia. There was no life there except spiders. And yeah, I'm totally imagining those ginormous spiders that are like the size of my dogs. Remember those videos? They have the those browns, the camel spiders or something. Oh, yeah, were like, like the, the size Australian of human... spiders. Yeah. No, these were desert spiders. Terrifying. Ugh. Or it was fake because they just kind of, that whole thing went away. Anyway. <laughs> um, so Morehouse was accidentally shot in the helmet, an injury, an injury that left a huge lump on his head. After this, he experienced the gin. And I quote from the book, I believe, I'm not sure, it was on somebody's website. <laughs> Sometime in the night, my eyes opened to a surreal light outside the tent. It was like the light of an eclipse sun and wasn't coming from any stove. It filled the night sky. The entire Batan El Ghul and the hills beyond were bathed in the strange bluish gray light. I walked to the edge of the bluff and stared into the valley. Dark figures moved effortlessly across its floor like apparitions. They poured from the rocks in various heaps and shapes and moved about the clusters of tents. I could hear muffled cries from the Jordanian encampment, and momentarily I thought we were being overrun by thieves or Israelis. Panicked, I turned to run for help colliding with one of the figures. I reflexively closed my eyes, except I didn't collide. I walked right through it. Turning around, I watched the figure disappear over the edge of the bluff. After that, the lump on my head disappeared. So there you have it, kids. Your Cliff Notes, a.k.a. Spark Notes for you youngins on <laughs> Jin. My wingmen this week, aside from the Google, were occultworld.com, vice.com, all this interesting.com, and the Wikipedia. I'm sorry, that was occult-world.com. My oh. little mouse arrow was <laughs> It was right over the dash. Oh, the good old Jin. I need to look and see. I mean, clearly, it's not uh, anything like you had explained. Uh, in the movie, but the the movie is just called The Gin, and it's okay. an IFC movie. It's got 90% of Rotten Tomatoes. Um, it's very interesting. It's a low-budget flick, but it is uh, very much not a good spirit. It's not a healing spirit. It's not that at all. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Hollywood takes something that could be mo <laughs> malevolent and turn it malevolent? What? you got to be kidding. Meanwhile, we're getting 15 movies about Ted Bundy and how handsome he was. <laughs> exactly. Are <laughs> Just, we really 56 minutes in? Uh, I mean, we are, but we aren't. 
Okay. Like we oh, are. Oh, because of the internet hiccup earlier. Yes. Extra, extra, read all about it. Okay, so that was lame. But we have a new merch store, my friends. Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Guys, we've got everything there. We're still adding more. The prices are much more cost effective there. And the store is so easy to navigate. What are you waiting for? Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Get your merch on. So guys, have you heard of paraboxmonthly.com? Get ready for this. It's kind of cool. Every box contains an amazing soft style paranormal t-shirt and a content card. These items also contain a hidden password. Okay, once discovered, it'll open up a new mystery online. How cool is that? If you can solve their challenge, you'll be entered into a monthly drawing for free merchandise. So cool. So here's all you need to do. You head to paraboxmonthly.com and add promo code oddityfiles. And you're set. Check it out. It's paraboxmonthly.com. Promo code Oddity Files. Check it out. Are you a coffee addict like me? Well, check out Bones Coffee Company. Coffee isn't just a drink that wakes you up in the morning, it's an experience. When you brew a pot of Bones Coffee Company coffee, they want you to have the best experience you've ever had. They only roast carefully selected beans to perfection in small batches to ensure that you get the freshest coffee delivered straight to your door. The care given to each of those small batches is evidenced through the rich, full-bodied, and exceptionally smooth taste you'll get out of every cup of Bones Coffee Company you drink. You guys, this is amazing. First and foremost, I love coffee. I love wine and I love bourbon, but I love coffee. So check it out and help out the podcast. Go to tinyurl.com slash bonescoffee. Get your coffee fix and help out your favorite podcast. We appreciate you. Find out why people are calling Paranormal Crossroads a great spiritual journey or groundbreaking heartfelt funny. This new series is absolutely amazing. Just head to tinyurl.com slash paranormal X road. That's the letter X. This all female paranormal team, including myself, Kitsy Duncan, KJ, and spirit medium, Tiffany Rice. Go where no paranormal show has gone before. We head to people's homes and places of work where they're dealing with a haunting of any kind. Nine times out of 10, there's happy tears, there's laughter. This is the paranormal show you've been waiting for. We're adding new episodes monthly, and this is a show you don't want to miss. No screaming, no demons, all the love, light, peace, and positivity, and bringing family members closure. Head on over to tinyurl.com slash paranormalxroad. That's X as in the letter X.
Need more scares in your life? Well, duh, we've got you. Just head over to tinyurl.com slash get shutter and you'll automatically get seven days free of this all horror, all the time streaming network. From their endless selection of the best in horror, the original programming and exclusive content to their flexible membership plans. Shudder is exactly what you need. Plans start at under five bucks a month, and yes, you can cancel at any time. I mean, what are you waiting for? Tinyurl.com slash get shutter. Tinyurl.com slash get shutter. G-E-T-S-H-U-D-D-E-R. Let's get scared. Uh, but the good news is <laughs> I can <laughs> I can unscrew my screw up and uh take you from Alabama to Oregon, even though yes. now I'm in my own head that I swear before this, I would text you and you can vouch for me for the listeners who probably think I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> no, they don't. I would text you and be like, I think you've done this story before this week, uh, but I'm going to run with it. And you've, and I've never done one that you've done before. No, and the no. one time I also pulled up my notes I had Maple Cemetery on my notes. Oh, that's why. So, because uh, I, I don't... You I, are forgiven, sir. Thank you. Not that I was mad at you <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. I thought the com- comedy of it was <laughs> gorgeous. Um, well, the, the and, good news is... When, when you, I, we knew it was going to happen at some point. But I figured it'd when. be something I did way before you were my co-host. But not three months ago. <laughs> I know. The last three months have been longer than the last 16. So let's be honest. You here. are not kidding at all. It's, uh, it is the, it's the way that it is. Uh, but also it's proof that we don't show each other uh, our stories before we podcast. So yeah. anyway. Uh, so we're moving from Alabama to Oregon. And hope to God that you haven't done this story before. But here goes nothing. It's a short one. Uh, but this is... This takes place in a place in Oregon called Cannon Beach. Good. So far, so good. So far, so good. This is the story, and this comes from, and I want to say this before I start, this comes from Chugnut.com. Fuck yeah, it does. Chugnut, baby. Chugnut. This is the story of the one bandage man. Nothing. Good. We got the. We're in the clear. We're in the clear. We're back in the game, baby. Super excited. The bandage man is a phantom of a man, completely wrapped in bandages that haunt no shit that haunts this small <laughs> community of Cannon Beach in Oregon. The bloody figure who smells of rotting flesh jumps into vehicles passing on a road outside of town, notably pickup trucks or open-topped cars but also sedans, station wagons, and even sports cars. Basically, all cars. Thank you so much, but no. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes this mummy breaks windows or leaves behind bits. <laughs> of- <laughs> You're going to say breaks wind. <laughs> breaks wind in the car. Already smells like rotting flesh. You don't know whether it's happening. Just Sorry. blame it on the passenger. <laughs> Uh, sometimes this mummy breaks windows or leaves behind bits of bloody or foul-smelling bandages. 
One legend has it that he's the ghost of a dead logger cut to pieces in a sawmill accident. Oh, the bandage man, yeah, it's terrible. I mean, <laughs> I just don't know how he'd still be in one single piece, but here Look we are. Look at you using your noggin. <laughs> the bandage man is sometimes said to eat dogs and may have murdered several people. He appears on the short More approach. More upset about the dog. I know. I'm ex- I mean, <laughs> I just, this, I found the story quickly. But after reading the first two paragraphs, I was like, this is it. This is the one. Because it <laughs> goes from amazing. zero to 100. Yeah. <laughs> like, very quick. Uh, he appears on the short approach road connecting U.S. Highway 101 to Cannon Beach between the town and where Highway 26 intersects with 101. If you live in Oregon, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, welcome to the club. I have no clue. I don't either. The Phantom always vanishes just before reaching town. This writer first came across the story of the bandaged man in the book Ghosts, Critters, and Sacred Places of Washington and Oregon, and it stood out because it's not the typical hard quote, sounds and thumps in the night type of ghost story that fills books like these. Not surprisingly, there's not much on the web about bandaged man. Digging around only reveals a handful of sites with pretty much the same one or two paragraph description. However... This writer found a post on the mysterious, sorry, the Mystery Planet MSN group, which dates this article back to 2005 when it was written, (laughs) MSN, that shed lights on the origin of the legend. And that post goes like this. I was Googling on the chance that I might find some mention somewhere of the bandage man. I have been aware of this story for over 40 years. For I was a child in the community where it got its start. I knew some of the family of the kids that first encountered the bandage man. There's an old road that for all the years I was growing up was known as Bandage Man Road. It was just an old section of Highway 101 that had been bypassed when a new section put in place, but it was still accessible and wasn't very long, just a short loop off of the highway. The whole thing from end to end could be driven in maybe five minutes or so. This loop of road was a popular place for local kids to, yep, you guessed it, park and make out. Which is always. The, always. They pick the worst spots. If you're not Fucking making teenagers. out, you're not parked. Yeah, I mean, man, I don't know. True. I guess maybe. It's not safe the other way. <laughs> this is where the story started. One night, two of the local kids were up doing uh, just what teenage boys and girls do when they are parked on dark, lonely roads. The boy had an old Chevy pickup, and his girl and he were sitting in the cab. All of a sudden, they felt getting the, pregnant. Yes, <laughs> doing the dirty. All of a sudden, they felt the truck sort of lean, like something was moving around in the bed of the truck. Oh! They turned to look out the rear window, and there, looking back, was a bandaged face with only some weird-looking eyes showing through eye holes in the bandages. The bandaged figure started beating on the glass and the top of the cab. Why is he so angry? He's, he's, I mean, he's got cut up by a sawmill saw. I don't know. The kids. He's just pissed he's not the one ha- making out in the. <laughs> he's just like, take the bandages off. I want to smooch. <laughs> <laughs> kiss me. Kiss me. 
He's just trying to get his rocks off. The kid well. started this engine, got it in gear, and tore out of there, his girlfriend screaming in terror as the man in the back continued his pounding. Any of you who've been to Bandage Man Road or Cannon Beach, I haven't, so I can't speak for this person, know how curvy the roads are, and to drive them at high speeds uh, is dangerous. On... What? On they? On they? What? Nobody once can write anymore. Once they went after... On they went. That's what it was. It, okay. I, I'm like, I'm reading the grammar. I'm like, that dash. It just doesn't make sense. On they went after what seemed an eternity. They made it to downtown Cannon Beach where the boys' family owned a service station that they lived next door to in a greenhouse. Once they got there, they looked in the back and the bandaged figure was nowhere to be seen. I first heard they this. just looked then. Yeah, they just looked then and were like, "Oh, he he's not there. We're parked. We're safe. Let's check for him." And he's not there. Dumbasses. So we're good. Yeah, is insta kill is what they would be in like Literally. a f- horror movie. Uh, I first heard the story back in 1960-61, and it's the original version. Some of the family of the kid still lives around town. Uh, I know two of his brothers. I have never heard of a repeat appearance. By the bandage man. So, hmm. the next time you're driving Cannon Beach in Oregon, keep a lookout for the bandage man. So, I love those one and dones, like the Dover Demon. That's why I was so obsessed with it, because it was like it showed up for a night, never again. Yep. You just see it. And I kind of like that, because it, I don't know, I, there's, there's something very believable about seeing something once and then never like you're hearing other people's stories but you never hear like a repeat occurrence of said story right and there's just something about that 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 that, i don't know there's like a believability to it i agree i one million percent i am on board with you sir that was a good one look at you coming through in a pinch hey i gotta do it amazing Oh, you're amazing. You're amazing for, for, you know, just being here. Oh, so are you. <laughs> so are you. Look at this love fest, people. They're throwing up in their cars on the way to work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what a journey we've taken them on. <laughs> this is, you know, I, I'll, I'll write up the show notes and usually like, oh, it's a roller coaster. But this is literally. So I can't put that in this. This show notes, I'll come up with something good, or I won't, because I've been really bad at it lately. Zero (laughs) creativity whatsoever. (laughs) Guys, this is literally the last story I have. I know I said that last week, but this has been sent in the last (laughs) week. But we got one, yeah. And we got one. So thank you, Corey McCann, from the Facebook fan group, for sending the send. We appreciate you more than you'll ever know. Send those stories to oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. Find the group I'm talking about at flow.page slash oddityfiles. Okay, so the subject line is some local legends from my neck of the woods. Hello, Kitsy and Nick. Hi. Basically, I've been... (laughs) Sorry, I just talked right over you. No, I was just saying hi. That's fine. I knew there was a delay. I just wanted to get it in there and say hi. Hi. Hi, Corey. (laughs) Hi. Okay. Um, Basically, I've burned through pretty much all of my personal experiences, but today I bring you 
a local legend. Mm. First up is my birthplace of Mount M- Mouston, M-A-U-S-T-O-N, Wisconsin. Matt, 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 I don't know. Um, where the <laughs> creature? Oh God, he says it again. Where the creature known as the Mouston Birdman was spotted multiple times between 1977 Ooh. and 1980, west of Mouston in the bluffs that surround the town. Hmm. The description from all witnesses is the same: humanoid, yellow, round feathers head coming out of its shoulders big yellow beak how have i never heard of this sounds like a ginormous canary (laughs) arms and legs like a human and huge thick feet with claws on the toes large talons yes sir it was seen by the grandmother of a published witness once and one other time by the same witness's sister who claimed that Big Bird, oh, that's the best description of it. It's literally Big Bird, came to play with them one night, even finding big yellow feathers the following day. Grandma left her feather boa out that night, and all was wrong in the world. Grandma was getting freaky, and the only way that she could cover her tracks was be like, it's a giant bird. Literally. Um, my guess is that it was some local weirdo in a big bird costume, considering that Sesame Street had been around for about 10 years or more at that point. Or maybe it was an alien. The weird thing here is that it was all the same family, no other witnesses, which could help my initial theory. It was a big enough story to be investigated by Chad Lewis a few years ago, and he's the go-to guy for Wisconsin Paranormal Encounters. Even he was perplexed by the lack of witnesses when he interviewed about local legends in 2016. I do have another story that I will send next week, and that involves phantom elephants. Yes! This is what I love to hear. I can't help but think, and I need to look it up, but when I was a little kid, uh, and I was born in 1991, so it was the 90s when it happened, but we had this cassette tape. And it was, now that I think about it, it was like this creepy alien like space bird that sang this happy birthday jingle, and there were different tapes for different names because it would sing the birthday song with your name. And it was a big part of my childhood. We listened to it all the time when I was really little. And I want to say that, and it was, it was, it wasn't a full color, but it was like a blue outline. But I want to say it was some sort of like big bird looking alien bird type creature that existed. So the fact that this was like a local legend, it feels like a grandma made this up, you know? (laughs) Exactly. And then grandma went on to make millions by making said cassette tapes. Yeah, 100%. Or maybe she got the idea for it. Like she put it all together where she's like, well, because that was also a weird thing in the in the 90s specifically. And maybe like late 80s where a lot of like kids fantasy movies, they were just like weird bird creatures that existed in them. So the fact all that I had was Disco Duck. Disco Duck. 
Oh, I had that record album, sir. I wish I had it still so I could give it to you. You would love it. Disco. It was like a song that was on the radio. Disco Duck. And then it talked like Donald Duck. Can you do the Donald Duck voice? No. No, me neither. My grandpa was so good at it. I I need to work on that. That sounds amazing. And yeah, he would disco because it was the 70s. I wasn't born in the 90s like you and my children. (laughs) (laughs) But you were there for him. I don't I don't recall that at all, honestly. <laughs> I just I just think that it sounds not to uh diminish a local legend, but it does sound like someone was just sort of grasping at what was available and 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 had something to hide and uh came up with a local legend to hide, which sounds like a frisky grandma. Well, since it was in the 70s when this happened, it, it was absolutely Disco Duck. I'm there. I'm here for that. That is my story, and I'm sticking to it. Please, somebody who can do the Disco Duck voice, send me a voice memo, stat, <laughs> because I, I need it, and I need it now. Okay, let me finish Corey's email. I do have another story that I will send next week that involves phantom elephants in the home of the Ringling Brothers Circus, Baraboo. Wisconsin. Happy haunting, Corey McCann. Baraboo? Isn't that a... Oh, caribou is what I'm thinking. I'm like, isn't that a moose? (laughs) Baraboo. A baraboo is a caribou and a bear combined. It's what I'm going to call my dogs from now on. Come on, Baraboo, let's go. <laughs> Corey, thank you so much for sending it in. Not only was it interesting and entertaining, but you brought back childhood memories, completely separate childhood memories. For both of us. For both of yeah. us. And that is always a good thing. Real quick, I cried in the photo op room this weekend when Jim Cummings pulled out the Tigger voice. Oh, uh, he was there? Yeah. yeah that uh, I should have got him to do Disco Duck. He's Darkwing Duck. Come on, Kitsy. What are you even thinking? Oh, that sounds like Tigger. Anyway, uh, you guys, we want to thank our Patreon producers, Doug Maldenlock, Ryan Hoke, Donald Blanchflower. Um, check out all the stuff and all the things. Flow.page slash oddity files. Tweeted a bitch. At Kitsy Duncan tweeted a dude at I am Nick Floyd. Where does the new cool? I am Kitsy Duncan. <laughs> uh, I don't even know the order anymore, even though I police it most weeks. Uh, I'm Nick Floyd. Ghost on. <laughs> this, you know, I keep kept saying that it's been a week. This has been a show, my friend. It's been Jesus. a show. Thanks for listening. Head to flow.page slash oddity files for all things oddity files. Links to our merch, links to our sponsors, links to all the things oddity files. We appreciate your continued support. We appreciate you spreading the word. Please don't forget to leave a review on wherever you're listening. Again, all things oddity files at flow.page slash oddity files. Theme music provided by James Grice, edited by me. Take care. We'll see you next time. No, you won't. You'll hear us next time. Bye.